The comments and opinions of Talk of the Heartland with Mac McCoy are not necessarily the opinions of Walnut Media USA, management, station manager Janelle Reeves, any particular denomination or religion, the mailman, the church lady, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now, here's the Talk of the Heartland with Mac McCoy on KCRO, the Heartland's Christian voice. It is the eighth day of March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the Talk of the Heartland, the Tuesday edition of Talk of the Heartland. And today I'm going, hold on, I'm getting a feeling, Karnak, Karnak, we're going to talk about prophecy. Did I get that right, Gary? That's right. All right, good. <laughs> Gary Hutchins is here, and uh, uh, I just want to talk about prophecy a little bit. And probably a little differently than uh, you would be thinking about, because I really just want to understand prophecy better. Not what prophecies are there, but what is prophecy and what is not. I think it's, it's truly important to understand that. And so if you'll indulge me for a little bit today, I'm going to kind of have my own Bible study today on prophecy, because I really don't understand it uh, like I should. So, Gary from Sunny Slope, welcome. And I, I never get your uh, website in here. What's your website? www.sunnyslopechurchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. And anybody can go there. It's free to access. Tremendous amount of Bible study material there. You can even click on the podcast button, and you can sign up for our podcasting. It's all free. I say it will always be free. <laughs> We're not after your wallet. We want to help people get to heaven. And when they sign up for podcasting, they'll receive a number of Bible classes, uh, some of them weekly, but uh, there are a couple that will be daily, as well as Search the Scriptures radio program right here in KCRO five days a week. Yeah, and I uh, always like to say that I, I'm a church mutt. And what that means is I'm like the lost dog that keeps ending up back at the uh, Animal Rescue League. And the Animal Rescue League is one of my favorite places to be, but I just love to go out and wander. Well, Gary, your church is becoming my Animal Rescue League. <laughs> I, keep, I, I, I wake up on Sunday, and if I don't have uh, a, a church picked out that I want to go to, I love coming to your church, and that's not a commercial or anything. I've, I've been there a couple times now. And uh, that young lady that you get to sit with every day, is that your daughter? <laughs> oh, oh, my wife you're talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about Abby here. I'm, no, I'm no, the joke. young lady at church. <laughs> uh, that's my lovely wife, let me tell you. My, she is lovely. She is. She uh, Neat lady. My first wife died in uh, 2008. And she had had a number of health issues. And my present wife's husband died, I believe, in 2004. I actually spoke at his funeral. And she remained single for the next nine years. And she has been such a blessing to me. And I pray that I have been at least half as much a blessing to her as she has been to me. And uh, we believe that God brought us together. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool. I uh, uh, and the two of you make a nice couple. 
I, I, I don't know if I'll ever figure that out, though. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever figure out whether I am supposed to get married again or not, and I just pray that God brings the right type of God-loving, God-fearing woman before me, and it just seems so easy that it's, it's too easy. I don't want to think it's too easy because I think that's what the devil would be saying to me. Oh, come on now. That's too easy. <laughs> but you're you're a good example of somebody who uh, God definitely blessed you with. So glad to have you here. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the invitation again. Oh, you're always welcome. You're always welcome. One of these days, I'm just going to have you come in and do the show all by your lonesome. <laughs> I've got to do uh, anyway. Yeah. Sometimes I have to return home to Des Moines and do a, a funeral or a wedding or something. In fact, it's kind of, um, it's kind of odd. Um, some people I know, I don't want to say friends. I mean, they, they were friendly, but I don't want to over place it. But, uh, grandma and grandpa lost their son-in-law and two grandchildren oh. in that tornado, uh, here this last weekend in, in, uh, Winterset, Iowa. So sorry. I know, and I, I don't know why. I I have not been very good this week. I am just shook up about this because th- this grandma and grandpa have to bury their grandchildren. They have to bury their wife or their, their, their daughter's husband, and then they need to take care of their child, their, their daughter. And I just – anyway, I've spent some time with them on the phone and – it is what it is. I We all know where they're at, though, I, and I know that's kind of a cop-out, but we know where they're at. They were good, loving Christians. E- even the little five-year-old had a good idea who Jesus was already. Yeah, good. So. Okay. Um, prophecy. Give me, Gary, the uh, definition of theological. Well, first of all, can prophecy be outside of theology? Uh, yes, you know, prophecy, well, you know, sure it can, but um, you get into a really kind of tenuous area there when you start talking about prophecy outside of outside of the realm of God-inspired prophecy, okay. because then you get into a lot of uh, charlatans, you know, fakes, yeah. and so you know, how can you tell? whether somebody is telling you something that is really accurate or not, or whether they're just making it up. And you have an example of that in Acts chapter 8 with the uh, Simon the sorcerer. Now he, Ooh, yeah. he, he, he pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes, but he was obviously a fake. He was not a prophet. Right. And when people started, once uh, Philip went to Samaria and started preaching the gospel and a whole lot of the people who had kind of been followers of Simon, began being baptized into Christ, then Simon ultimately, he w- he became baptized as well. And I, I've just let it go through my mind's eye where he obviously, I think, performed a whole lot of tricks, mm. you know, kind of fake stuff. Mm. And then he saw Peter and John come down from Jerusalem to the apostles and they were performing genuine miracles. In my eyes, my mind's eye, I just I I I envisioned Simon thinking, "Wow, 
I can't real do thing. that. <laughs> so I can't do that. Tell me what happened with Simon. Who do, who did he become? Did he become one of the twelve? No, 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 no. He was there just like you know a lot of people refer to themselves as Mac or Gary or yeah. Ken or Abby. You know he that was just a common name of that day. Okay. All right, we are going to uh, uh, give you an opportunity to check out some weather and some traffic, and you'll probably be, well, you'll want to hear both because we got some stuff going on today. And then when we come back, I'll tell you what I'm going to ask you, Gary, up front so you won't be surprised. You and I are old enough to remember somebody called Jimmy the Greek. Mm, Oh, yes. Here's the question. Don't answer it now. Was Jimmy the Greek considered prophecy or was jimmy the greek considered a prophet of sports he's smiling gary's got this big grin on his face (laughs) we're coming back i'm mac mccoy this is the talk of the heartland on am 660 and fm 106.7 on the kcro app all around the world at kcro.com kcro March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the Talk of the Heartland, the Tuesday edition here on KCOR, and that, of course, is KCRO AM 660, FM 106.7 in Lincoln, KCRO on your app, both Apple and regular, (laughs) and of course, on your smart speakers called Alexa or Google Next or whatever it is. And it's all around the world at KCRO.com. My special guest today is, uh, you know, I'm just going to start calling you a (laughs) co-host. Because you know where the rat bathroom is. I get you donut and water. And so you're just just a co-host. Is that okay? No, that's fine. All right. (laughs) Because I I keep calling people special guests and then somebody says, well, you got him on all the time. Well, do I have him on too much? Oh, no, we like him. But he's just not... Abigail will always be our special guest. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> you're, 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 well, you're about ready to leave us. You're going on a real exciting trip this summer. Yes, I'm going to be doing an internship this summer. So, and but you're, aren't you leaving the the country? No, no, I'll still be in the U.S. I'll be traveling around to help out with some different um, high school. What are they called? Um, I don't know. I can't think of the name right now. But um, Christian conferences. Ministries? That's the word I'm thinking of. Conferences. Some. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it has to do with salt. Nope. This no. one's oh, through okay. uh, Christ in Youth. Christ in Youth. All mm-hmm. right. Well, and how long? But you'll be gone all summer because your mom just weeps. <laughs> yeah, mom will be sad. I'll be sad too. But it'll be uh, pretty oh, much Oh, you're the whole not going to be sad at all. You're going to be uh, jumping up and down every morning. Mom's not here. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be excited because I think it's a great chance just, you know, be doing some work for the kingdom and for a better, greater purpose. Um, but it will be kind of sad to be the longest I've been away from home. So yeah. just a little nostalgic with that. Now, when, what, when will you be home? Uh, I'll get back early August. Okay. And then what? And then I have my last semester of college. <laughs> so are you coming back here then? Uh, well, I'll be back in Omaha. Yes, no, 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 no. I here? mean in that chair. <laughs> oh, we'll have to see. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We'll see. Ooh, early August. That's my birthday, Mom. <laughs> I'll buy you a chili dog every time you're here. 
Oh, okay. Is that supposed to be my incentive? Do you like chili dogs? <laughs> I do. Okay, well, then there you go. Who's got the best chili dog in town? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, you have no idea? <laughs> do you have an answer? Uh, I like the one over at the, uh, what's the shop in West Roads? The, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the hot dog place that they've got over there. That's really good. Chicago Dog. Oh. That's really good. Gary, do you like chili dogs? I do. Uh, he says with is, a little bit of I don't know for sure. They, they can be a little heavy, you know, on yeah. your stomach. But now I did not know there was a Chicago dog at, yeah. at West Roads. At West Roads, yes. Gr- having grown up in Chicago. Oh, baby. See, <laughs> Chicago dog. That, that's, that's where you and I are having lunch next. That's it. <laughs> Chicago dog. And they're not an advertiser. I'm just, it's just what we talk about. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about prophecy today because I want to understand it better. I have to admit this is kind of self-fulfilling for me because I want to do a little bit of a a Bible study on on prophecy. It's becoming more and more important to me, and I don't know if it's getting older or if it just seems like some things are coming truer, truer, coming true. Uh, I don't have a um, a tinfoil hat on. I'm not one of those people, but I, I, I do want to be wise and know what's going on around me, especially when it comes to Jesus and the Bible. But first, the last week has been very tough for the place that I live for 40 years. And I would ask for your prayers. And I, I very rarely ask for Uh, prayers for myself or prayers for other people, but I I need a little bit of both. We lost seven people in a tornado in a town that was about 17 miles uh, from where I lived, so it was like 13 miles out of town. And there was a church there that I enjoyed uh, visiting uh, uh, maybe once every three or four months, and that family has been impacted by the deaths from the tornado. Then yesterday, and and this has just got my blood boiling, so what I want, so on the first one, I just need you to pray that the Lord sorts it out for me and helps me understand why a a father, a five-year-old, a two-year-old died, how a, a, a mother and a wife and a daughter have to deal with this, and also mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. I mean, they got hit three ways. They lost their grandkids. They lost their son-in-law, and they lost their, uh, they didn't lose their daughter, but man, that is not going to be easy. Then yesterday, something happened over there that made the national news. And I remember sitting here yesterday and hearing the 5 o'clock, or 6 o'clock news, no, 5 o'clock news, and the lead story on Fox was that three children had been shot Two seriously, one had died outside of a high school in Des Moines, Iowa. They have now, uh, I I don't know if they, I think they have arrested uh, four or five uh, kids, all under 18. None of them went to that school. Apparently, it was some type of a thing that I don't even understand. Back in the old days, we would have called it cowboy justice. You do something to mess with me. And we're going to have some cowboy justice. So I can relate. I, I, I can understand how there are things that go on between families or people or races or whatever it is. 
but we got to do something about these kids carrying guns. And don't tell me we need more gun legislation. Okay, guns do not kill people. My fork at McDonald's does not make me fat. The responsibility lies, I'm sorry, I'm just going to tell you, the parents. And if as a parent, your answer to me is, well, I can't control my son. He, he's just off the, the rocker. He does what he wants to do. Good, call the police and put him in a home. Because living in your home ain't cutting it. And I understand that it's tough to raise hard kids. It's tough to raise tough kids in hard neighborhoods. But there isn't anybody else. See, in, in, in Des Moines, we've removed all the police from the schools. The whole Black Lives Matter thing came along and said, oh, well, we got to cut this and cut that. So since uh, 24 years, they had had police inside every public school. It can't be the police. You can't teach Jesus in high school anymore. So you can't ask the, the, the Bible teacher or the, uh, the pastor or whoever it is inside of a school because they're not there anymore. They're not allowed. So if, if it's your kid that's out roaming around causing problems, you know about it. I know you do. Don't tell me you don't. Stop yapping and take care of your kids because they're killing people. And if you can't take care of it, then turn your kid over to the government. Send them over here to Boys Town. Just do something. This is ridiculous. And with that, I'm done complaining. All right, Gary. So I mentioned Jimmy the Greek. As you and I were growing up, he was the best prophet. <laughs> That's not the term you'd use, right? Predictor. Predictor. Prog- prognosticator. Progno- oh, my. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, educate me. Talk to me like I'm a six-year-old. What's the difference between somebody prophesizing um, who's going to win this weekend's basketball game and prophesizing that Jesus is coming home. And I and I don't even need to make it that big. That w- Whatever it is, somebody knows something that somebody else doesn't know, and that lifts them up in our community or the community, and they go to Jimmy the Greek on sports, and they go to Jesus on prophecy. Well, there, even in the scriptures, the word prophet or prophesying is used in two different ways. Okay. One is it it is forth-telling, F-O-R-T-H-telling, and that's the idea of teaching or preaching. Okay. Then there is the other way that most people think of, and that is foretelling, F-O-R-E-telling, and that is predicting something that is somewhere in the future that it's going to happen, but the only way you can really predict that or prophesy that that event is eventually going to take place is because God is behind the prophecy. Now, the scriptures are very open and unashamed in declaring themselves repeatedly throughout the scriptures as being the very word of God and absolute truth. And even to the point where, and it's filled with prophecies, as you know, and even to the point where it even lists the test of a prophet. 
in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 22, it, it reads, it, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or does not come to pass, that thing which the Lord had, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So there's the test of the prophet laid out there. If somebody says, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm telling you this in the name of the Lord. It does not happen. That's a false prophet. And we're warned against false prophets repeatedly in the scriptures. Now, is it that, let me think about this for a second. If they prophesy this is going to happen, is the operative phrase in the Lord's name and it doesn't happen, they're not a prophet? Yeah, right. Is right. that is that because God would never allow one of his prophets, foretellers, mm -hmm. to be wrong? Correct. I mean, he's be running the show, because right? Because they're prophesying his word. They're okay. getting the prophecy from him. Now, when you come to somebody like Jimmy the Greek, or let's say some of the "Quote unquote psychics, supposed psychics, oh, yeah. and they'll you know they will publish their predictions for the coming year every first of the year, I believe, and so some of them they hit a number of their prophecies right on the head, absolute, but then you don't hear about the vaster number of prophecies that they make that never come to pass. Well, I could." predict a whole lot of things, and some of those things will happen. Let me give you an example. There were prophecies for a number of years that every president who was elected every 20 years, in other words, yep. from 1900, 1920, 1940, 1960, 1980, they would die in office yeah. or else be killed in office, assassinated. Correct. Started with Abraham Lincoln, and it held true all the way through President Kennedy. And then in 1980, President Reagan was shot, but he did not die. And then after that, that particular, do you hear anybody making those prophecies anymore? No. Didn't happen after that. So it never was a prophecy. But somebody could, correct, but somebody could have come along and said, you know, just look at the, the figures there, 1860, 1880, 1900, 1920. Yeah, I predict so-and-so is going to die in office. Pretty good chance, I guess, because it happened every 20 years for many, many decades. But it hasn't happened since, 19, since 1960. He was, president Kennedy was the last president elected in one of those years, who died in office. He was assassinated, of course. Yeah. So it it it's not legitimate of the Lord prophecy if it doesn't come true. Correct. All right. When we come back, Gary has brought some great information today about the number of times Jesus was prophesied. Is that right? Prophesied? Prophesied. Prophesied in the Old Testament. And you're going to be amazed at how much of it came true. I'll give you a hint. It's over 99 and less than 101% of the time. <laughs> I'm Mac McCoy. This is live from the Divine Truth Studios, the talk of the heartland, here on KCRO. The Heartlands Christian.
Christian Voice, KCRO. It's the eighth day of March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the Talk of the Heartland on KCRO, the Heartland's Christian Voice. And remember, it's your voice I want to hear. What do you think? How we doing? You got something you'd like to study? Have us study for you? You want to listen to somebody dig into some prophecy or some Bible verses, some things that they say in the Bible that you just, man, you got a hard time believing it. And so you you just really would like to hear about it. That's what I'm here for, okay? All you got to do is email me, Mac, like macaroni, at kcro.com. It is your voice I want to hear. You are the star of this radio program, not me. My guests are the stars, but the biggest star in the room is you listening. You're the one that I want to be satisfied with what you hear on this radio station every afternoon. Well, 24-7, but I'm specifically in charge of 4 to 6. And so without hearing what you want, I can't fulfill that expectation, and I will constantly overpromise and underdeliver. And that's not Max style. Max style is to over-deliver and under-promise. All right, my special co-host today is uh, Gary Hutchins from Sunny Slope, and uh, we've got information here. We want you to go to the website. It is at www.churchofchrist.com. I love that story about that, because whoever nailed that one for you, they were doing great. Uh, Sunny Slope meets at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday with a Bible study. And 10.30 in the morning uh, for the service. Now, I get to say uh, something about this because I have actually gone to uh, Gary's church for a little bit. And, and I got to tell you, it's a great church. I just, you know, and he's not buying this. I don't have him on to say this. It just is. One of the things I like, and sometimes I even think I like it better than you preaching, because Mark, that guy that teaches that Bible study, he knows his stuff. And here's what he does that I love. He's interactive. Yes. So you're not just sitting in the chair reading the Bible. He's having you read out loud. He's asking you what you think about things. And then at the 1030 service, you've got all kinds of different people participating. And uh, anyway, just good job. Good job out of Jesus. Good job out of you listening to what he wanted. Yeah. God's glory. Yes, God's glory. So go to their website. They've got... um, well, you've got prog- or, uh, sermons there. You also have uh, daily uh, devotions there. Yeah, it's actually about a 13-minute Bible study every day, short time. You can listen to it on the way to work or way home from work called Today's Bible Class. This ra- Our radio program, Search the Scriptures, is on Monday through Friday. Today's Bible Class is on seven days a week, and then all of the sermons and then I also podcast a Sunday morning Bible class and a Wednesday night Bible class. But we have archived hundreds of sermons and also hundreds of articles that are biblically based and spiritually focused that people can you know, download, study through. A lot of scripture involved in a lot of those articles. So a lot of Bible study material. Yeah, and I spent a lot of years in what I call a pep rally church. And I'm not being critical of them. I just think that's the best way to describe them. Uh, You go there, and it's big, and it's loud, and there's lots of people and lots of cheering and maybe a beach ball or two bouncing throughout the congregation. 
And most of the preaching, if not most and most of it, is absolutely correct. But it's not the full scope of the Bible. And that's done intentionally. Uh, There are some pastors that don't want you to hear anything other than things that make you feel good on the way out the door. How was church today? Oh, it was great. I loved it. We had a great time. What'd you learn? Uh, That's why I like Bible teaching churches. And if I ever find one that teaches the Bible better than yours, Gary, I'm probably going to go there too. But you you really do tell the <laughs> truth when you tell people that you the only thing you do is teach the Bible, and you do a good job at it. Appreciate that. All right, so, Abigail. Yes. I'm going to give you a quiz. <laughs> okay. There are eight prophecies given by prophets about Jesus Christ. How many of them came true? There were eight prophecies about Jesus Christ, how many of them came true? All of them, right? Very good. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Gary, I love your, uh, I love this paper that you gave me. This is a study by MIT. Supposedly, yes. Well, okay. Done many years ago. Yeah. And tell me about it, because it's, it, it's incredible. I mean, you really, and it's only one page. Yeah, it's and really they just picked out eight prophecies. There are there are dozens of prophecies about the coming Savior in the Old Testament. All of them were fulfilled. The eight they just took eight and said, okay, let's let's look at the possibility of eight prophecies being fulfilled in exact detail by one man, unless he was from God, unless he truly is the Savior. Could one man manipulate all of those different prophecies, the specific details? So is the prophecy the first line, like number one, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? Yes. That was a prophecy. Correct. And a minor prophet by the name of Micah said that, and it's in the fifth chapter and the second verse. Correct. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of you shall come forth... Uh, come forth to me, the one to be the ruler of Israel, who's going forth are from of old, or from of old, form everything. That was written in 800 to 700 years before Jesus was even born. Matthew 21 comes, or Matthew 2, 1 comes back and says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Yeah, it's, again, a fake would not be so detailed, so specific in whatever supposed prophecies he's making. He'd leave himself room, you know, for kind of blending things together and saying, well, it's the matter of interpretation uh, and, and, you know, the statements along that line. But the Bible is very specific. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's one town. Jesus could not manipulate where he was going to be born, obviously. Right, right. But it was fulfilled exactly. So let, let, let time out for just a second. So I somehow have a few atheists in my life. It probably comes from spending 50 years really not believing in the Messiah. 
I was a God guy, but didn't know about Jesus. What would I say? What should I say to an atheist who says, oh, those prophecies were just fake? They knew what was in the Bible, and so they came back and made sure it was true. Well, I have actually studied with about, I think, about four different atheists in my life. Um, three of them are now Christians. So one of those is in your church. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's an additional one that I oh, okay. had not I had not really sat down and gone through as extensive a study with him, but another one of our members did. Yeah. And and he uh, yeah he's boy talk about a dedicated Christian. Oh yeah. But, you know, but I've studied. And he wears with, the greatest shoes. I, <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy, and. What I the, the tactic that I have or the approach that I have taken to a great extent with the four I believe it is that I've studied with personally on an extensive basis was I just I, I went to the prophecies you know and uh, Abby and I have a, a have a list more than just eight here and I said okay here's the prophecy and then just what you said okay this was prophesied this many hundred years before Jesus came. And it was fulfilled exactly. Here's the here's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Now these two books were written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years apart, and yet there's exact synchronism between the prophecy and the fulfillment of the prophecy. And that's not just once; it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So what does that tell? Answer this when we come back. Sure. What should that tell an atheist? So he he understands he doesn't need to be an atheist. He can be a believer and follower of the true Messiah laid out in the Bible thousands of years ago. Well, get, he, he really needs to do some self-examination. And it's and so many of the fulfillment of the prophecies of Jesus, okay, so we can go to the Old Testament and the atheist might say, well, that's manipulation. They just wrote it down. Well, that's that's baloney. You know, he's just trying to he's trying to support his religion of atheism, and he's not doing a good job when he tries to use that kind of a line of approach. But you can't deny the prophecy written down in the Old Testament scriptures hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus, but not only can you find the fulfillment in New Testament scripture, but you can also find the fulfillment a whole lot of times written down just in historical accounts. Yes, yes. We'll talk about that when we come back. I'm thinking of one specific book, and we'll talk about that book. I'm Mac McCoy. These are the Divine Truth Studios. I want to thank you for listening because I love my job, and I couldn't do it without you. Right here on the Talk of the Heartland on AM 660 and 106.7 FM in Lincoln, we are KCRO. 100 years KCRO. day of the third month of March, Lord's Year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the Tuesday edition of the Talk of the Heartland here on the Heartland's Christian Voice, AM 660 and FM 106.7. It's KCRO, Christian Radio Omaha, CRO. That's how you can remember it. I'm Mac McCoy, and I want to remind the folks to uh, take a moment. 
when you're looking for a gift, whether it be a, a baptism or a uh, confirmation or a new baby being born or a wedding, I love to shop at Divine Truth. Now, yes, they're the sponsor of this radio program, and I appreciate that. Because they wouldn't be a sponsor if they weren't as good as they were. You know, we, we, we get to kind of pick and choose. That's one of the nice things about being a Christian radio station. You have good reasons to maybe not allow someone to advertise their goods or their product on here. If you've never gone to Divine Truth, you got to go. 84th and Harrison. I was there today, and I lost track of time. Ended up being late for an appointment. Because you can just walk the aisles all day long and see stuff you like. And for me, it's the perfect place to shop. Because as you and I talked over the Christmas holiday, one way to keep Christ in the center of your life, in the center of your holidays, in the center of Christmas, is to buy, give, share with somebody something that represents Christ. So next time you're shopping, give them a try. And it's Jen... And Rodney, brother and sister, the mackerel family. Rodney told me today that he thought that the term holy mackerel was somehow traced back to his family. Could be, maybe not, but it sure is a great store to shop in. Divine Truth at 84th and Harrison. Tell them macaroni sent you. All right, the Messiah will heal the blind, the deaf, the dumb, and the lame. Isaiah 35, 5, and 6. This is one of the prophecies, oh my gosh, 750 years before Christ was born, and it completely came true. Matthew eleven five said, The blind see and the lame will walk. The lepers are cleaned and the deaf will hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them so we all know the Lord. Gary Hutchins is my guest today, my co-host. His church is sunnyslopechurchofchrist.com. Services at 1045, no, 1030, and Bible studies at 930 to 1030 on Sunday morning. And Gary came in a couple of uh, days ago and gave me this wonderful report and it's from MIT. Supposedly. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, yeah, yeah, we probably should say that. And it says, of the eight prophecies fulfilled by Christ as calculated by MIT. Take a look. Oh, you don't have that sheet. Do you have that sheet? No. 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 So, um, I know Psalm, the study, though. <laughs> all right, Psalms 41.9. <clears throat> the Messiah will be betrayed by a friend. How did David know this? Except by God. That's prophecy from God. All right, so this just hit me. Being a prophet has nothing to do with me. It's God talking through me. Correct. And what? why does he use me? I mean, I'm not a prophet, so don't, let's, not, let's not go there. Although Abby is in love with... Oh, never mind. oh you're funny. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm not a prophet. I don't have the gift of prophecy. I would run and hide... If I thought for one reason that he was going to use me that way, I just, he uses me in a lot of ways, but I don't know if I could handle that. But obviously, Micah, 
Isaiah, David, these folks all let God speak through them yes. to determine, you know, prophecy. Yeah, and that, that was just three of them. I mean, you could talk about Ezekiel, Jeremiah, uh, you know, Isaiah, Habakkuk, hmm. yeah, on and on, you know. And God, why did he select certain ones? Well, God knows better than we do, you know. And who are we to ask why did God do such and such or use so and so? But the, the study you're looking at, and it just took eight of the prophecies from the Old Testament. There are yep. many others. And it just did a calculation saying, okay, what are the chances of one man just being a fake, basically, and manipulating all of those factors in his life to fulfill these just eight prophecies, every one of those? And so they said, what they finally came down to is it would be a mathematical impossibility. It would be like taking a silver dollar and blending it with enough silver silver dollars to cover the state of Texas, what is it, a foot deep or something? Two foot deep. Two feet deep, making an X on one silver dollar, burying it in there someplace, stirring it all up, and then telling a blind man or a man with a blindfold, walk wherever you want, you've got one chance to pick out that one silver dollar. Well, again, it's a mathematical impossibility. And so what the determination was, Jesus really is the Son of God, really is God the Son and our Savior. He fulfilled all of these prophecies, and many more than those eight, in minute detail. So that cannot happen except that he really did come from God. In other words, you can't fake it. When it came to he's hanging on the cross, he could not manipulate that factor in his life. When it came to the Roman soldiers casting lots for his garments, he could not have made that happen. You know, over and over, there were things he just were out of his control, except that he was from God, and God guided it all in his will. Gary Hutchins is my co-host today, Abigail alongside with Traffic and Weather. Kenny is producing, and I thank you for listening. We're going to update you on the national news right now from Fox News. And when we come back, it wasn't just in the Bible that people said Jesus was the Messiah or that Jesus would become the Messiah. It's not just from one source. That's how good God is. We're coming back live from the Divine Truth Studios. This is the Talk of the Heartland on AM 660, FM 106.7. And all around the world at KCRO.com. It's the eighth day of March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy and this is the Talk of the Heartland. You and I get together every afternoon on your ride home or... Maybe you're already home and you're just listening to Alexa, or maybe you're watching this off of YouTube or Facebook today, in a week, or as some of the radio programs that we've recorded with pictures 14 years ago, my very first webcast, that's what it's called. You know what a podcast is, that's an audio only 
uh, a pet, uh, webcast has audio and video, but somebody was smart enough to not call it TV because it's not TV. TV's a lot fancier than what we do here. We just have a couple of cameras, and the only reason we have that is for transparency. Uh, I, I want you to see who's talking to you. I, I want I want you to see what happens in the breaks. I want you to understand that the real deal sometimes is the real deal, or as my friends like to say, the real McCoy. <laughs> but I have uh, programs on from 2008 and forward, so you're welcome to watch any of them anytime you want right here on KCRO. Webcast 1 Live, W-E-B-C-A-S-T, O-N-E-L-I-V-E. That's YouTube.com slash WebcastOneLive.com. Gary Hutchins is my special uh, host today, and we are talking a little bit about prophecy. And if you've uh, ever heard Gary's name before, let me be the first to introduce you. Gary, the best audience in the world, best audience in the world, meet Gary. He is the uh, pastor at... The ch- not the churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. It's called Sunny Slope, 930 Bible study, 1030 service, and uh, it's very enjoyable. You guys have communion every Sunday? Every Sunday. I Man, I love that. I got to tell you. I... Okay, so I'm just going to ask. Why don't, why doesn't everybody have communion every Sunday? I mean, I know I'm from Catholicism, and we have communion once a day if we go to church in the morning or prayers, but why do some churches not have the bread and and the body and the blood of Jesus every single day when they worship? You would have to ask them. I think some of them, uh, they, it's interesting in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, and it, it, it talks about Paul and his missionary team being at that particular congregation, he said, when upon the first day of the week when they came together to break bread, and everybody understands that means to partake of the Lord's Supper. They came together to break bread, to partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. Acts 20 and verse 7. Now, there are some denominations that will say, well, we don't want to, I guess they would say, we don't want to make it too trivial, you know. We want people <laughs> to really think, you know, and want to make sure that that their heart is right, their life is right, and they have, have you know, repented of any sin in their life. Well, let me tell you, if you've got sin in your life at 12 o'clock noon any day of the week, you need to repent of that then. But it's interesting that the same kind of wording is there for partaking or for for contributing, giving, worshiping God through giving, and they'll do that every Sunday, yeah. but they'll just make up whenever they think it's proper or convenient to partake of the Lord's Supper. You know, you guys have those little, what are they called? They're like a upside down uh, I call it like an hourglass. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. And that's because of COVID. Right. One side has the bread and the other Correct. side has the juice. And whoever invented that was brilliant. Was that around yeah. before COVID? Yes. Oh, was yes. it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. We've, it, was, it was for people who could 
use it in jail ministries oh. and also for go- taking the Lord's Supper to people's homes if they were sick okay. or shut in. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I have a little black case that, that we, somebody gave me when I was ordained. We had some of those, too, yeah, in the past. That. This yep. just makes it more convenient. Oh, and it really does, too. And we're looking forward to the time when we can say, okay, we don't have to, you know, COVID's gone. <laughs> we can go back to just passing the trays. I hope that day comes. Very soon. I have a—well, you're more optimistic than I am. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Russia and Ukraine. We're not talking about this or that. We're talking about the good news, the best news, the gospel, and why we are allowed to believe it. And the reason we're allowed to believe it is because God made it so. Yes. We're talking about prophecy. Now, somebody told me the other day, and I don't know if this, I, I don't I don't think this is correct, but if it is, then I'll be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. What's the difference between a minor prophet and a major prophet? Simply the length of their prophetic books. That's what I was told. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's n- That's cool. Yeah. No difference between the importance of the prophecies. It's just that Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, longer books, much longer than, say, Malachi, Habakkuk, yeah. and so on. And that's that's simply the only difference. Why? Why? Okay, so my question would be, is this a Catholicism thing back way back when somebody said major has more books if it's smaller than it's minor? I mean, those to me, those are the wrong words. Yeah. I mean, let's call them fat and skinny, yeah. the fat prophets, the skinny prophets. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I could not tell you where it came from originally. Um, probably simply a frame of reference, so somebody could quickly say, "Okay, you're talking about this section of the Old Testament, these yeah. shorter books." But I can't tell you that dogmatically. All right, so let's uh, let's get to another one. Uh, the prophecy was this. This comes from Isaiah, which is just my favorite book. My third favorite book, sorry. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 6. The Messiah will be beaten and marred. Isaiah says, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame or spitting. That was given to Isaiah as a prophecy from the Lord 750 years before Jesus was born. And Luke confirmed it in chapter 18, verses 31 through 33. Then he took the 12 aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning we, or I'm sorry, concerning the Son of Man, will be accomplished. Verse 32, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and be mocked and insulted and spat upon. They will scourge him and kill him. And then on the third day, he will rise again. It's just kind of incredible to, 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 I'm just, I guess I'm in kind of a fog on this because this is true and it's proven true. Over and over and over again. You know, I, I, I liked your little story about the well, silver dollars. 
Yes. Take a silver dollar, put one in every square inch of Texas, and then make two feet of them. So what would that be? It'd have to be at least 40, 45 of them. (laughs) And take one. Multiplied. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Take one, and on one, just put a little fingernail polish or whatever won't come undone, and then go through with something and just make a big, huge mess of it. And the odds are what? That someone would come along and pick it out? I think you have it written down there. It's into the, uh, the, the is it the billions or trillions, I think. The, the trillion. chance of any one man fulfilling. Oh, wait, no, here it was. If we take a hundred trillion silver dollars, a hundred trillion yeah. I, silver I, dollars. How do you even write that, that number? I, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of zeros. And lay them on the face of Texas. They would be two feet deep. Now we mark one of these silver dollars and thoroughly stir the whole mass all over the state. Now blindfold a man and let him travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick only that marked silver dollar. And only has one chance. Yeah. What chance would he have of picking the right one? The same chance that the prophets would have of writing just eight of these prophecies and having them all come true for any one man if they had written them without God's inspiration. And there's the key. You, you started to say something earlier, and I can't remember his name, but there's, a, there's another gentleman who wrote a book, and it wasn't part of the Bible. And, and he also talked about this guy called Jesus that was coming. You, you know what, what the book is? It's okay if you don't. Well, there was a Jewish historian, Josephus. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. And right, Josephus wrote a, just from a, he was not a Christian. And just from a historical perspective, he talked about a lot of the things that happened to Jesus and that Jesus did that are not scripture. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not writing scripture, but they're exactly what the scriptures say. And they fulfill the prophecies of Jesus. So did he profess that these would happen, or is this past tense, oh, past and he tense. just documented it? Oh, he just documented it. He was, simply, he was simply a historian. All right, so here's the question I want to talk about, and I know you've got to leave early, and I will honor that, so I'm, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, we'll have to do some of these some other time. But when we come back, I want to talk to you, Gary, about do we have prophets today, and how do we recognize them? We're coming back. Okay. We are live in the Divine Truth Studios. Talk of the Heartland. AM 660. 106.7 in Lincoln and all around the world. Now, remember, it's your voice I want to hear. You need to, you don't need to, I apologize. I'd like you to email me and talk to me about something you'd like to hear us study. Maybe you're not able to get out. Maybe because of COVID, you're locked in. Maybe you don't get the opportunity to go and worship anymore because of COVID, or it's just the way things are. Why don't you send me an email, and and we'll do something just for you. I mean, if we don't do that, then what are we doing? God leads us in a direction at this radio station to help you. And if it's not you, then it's somebody else. 
But as I like to say, it's no accident you're here. We've been praying for you. And thank you for listening to KCRO. The Heartlands Christian Voice. KCRO. It's the 8th day of March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the Talk of the Heartland here on AM 660, FM 106.7, all around the world at kcro.com. And remember, you're the voice that I want to hear. My email is easy, Mac, M-A-C. Just remember Macaroni at kcro.com. What do you like? What don't you like? Need to know. Can't do my best if you're not telling me what my best looks like. So we appreciate your input. My co-host today is Gary Hutchins from uh, www.I love this address, churchofchrist.com. That, that's it, www.churchofchrist.com. For those of you who own or have purchased or manage URLs, that's a beautiful one. Uh, the church is called Sunny Slope, 9.30 in the morning for the Bible study, 10.30 for the church service, communion every Sunday and uh, I invite you to check it out. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't encourage uh, church changing, but it does happen. And so, therefore, if that's something that may be on your radar, uh, come out and join Gary's church for a Sunday. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, wh- what did? What was I ask you about? I said we'd talk about it when we came back from the break. I forgot. See that? That's. Do you remember Kenny? <laughs> no. No. You remember Ron? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll think about it for a while, and then we'll come up with it. Um. Why? Why don't we? I remember what it was. Why don't we have prophets today? Oh yes, yes. Was yes. Jesus the last prophet? I've heard that before. Well, no. Well, okay. In in the sense of the prophets that you see named in the prophetic books of the Old Testament, you know, again, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and on and on. Um, We might say that, you know, um, but there were what we would call miraculous gifts of prophecy to the Christians in the first century, some of the Christians of the first century. And those are foretold to by the Apostle Paul to be coming to an end. And when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it looked like he was indicating the sense of the text seems to indicate that he's telling those Christians in the congregation in Corinth, these miraculous gifts were for a purpose, for a time, and that purpose and that time is coming to an end. The purpose is going to be fulfilled soon. And so these miraculous gifts are going to come to an end. And one of those he specifies is prophecy. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, um, and, and of course, it's really neat. The first eight verses, he gives this <clears throat> great treatise on love, yeah, what real love is. I've, written, I've re- recited that at I don't know how many weddings. Yes, me too. 
And then he well, goes, "Well, yeah, you should." Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's a great text. <laughs> yeah, it is because it's not talking about just an emotional love; it's talking about agape love, which is a love I've made up my mind to love you. Yeah. And husband and wife going to get married? They're going to be times sometimes when either one of them is not going to be very lovable. But I'm going to love you anyway, and that's agape love. Yeah. And so he goes on and he says in verse 9, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Perfect meaning Christ. No. The text text is not talking about Christ. Okay. What he's talking about is, and what what that word perfect, probably a better translation would be complete. Okay. When that which is complete has come. Yeah, and then he goes on, and he's he's talking. He says, uh, in verse eleven, he says, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things." And I think he's talking about, okay, the church, you there in Corinth, the church as a whole, right now on the earth, it's in its infancy stage, and when when Paul wrote this. Uh, we need to understand that the New Testament was not had not yet been written, right? For the most part, at least. Okay. What, what, so this I, is a letter he's writing. Is this First or Second Corinthians? First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, go ahead. And so he's saying, I, I need to get to a point where we become mature. That's where we need to be as Christians. And so he says in verse twelve, for we for now we see in a mirror dimly. Now, mirrors in those days were not mirrors as we understand mirrors today. Very sharp, crisp image. There, they were more like, oh, shiny metal, but the image would be distorted compared to what we're used to today. He says, so now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known and he's talking about a completeness or a maturity of understanding. And in verse 13, really, he, he just brings it down. He says, now abide. So these, these miraculous gifts mm. are going to come to an end, he says. But now abide or continue in faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So he says, these miraculous gifts, there's not going to be the need for them. The New Testament's going to be, the scriptures are going to be written down for us. And, but until that time, you stay in faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Well, why? Because in eternity, there's not going to be faith. We're going to, it's going to be the reality. There's not going to be hope because you don't hope for what you have. That's the reality. But love will continue throughout eternity. And, and so it's really a beautiful treatise from a couple different perspectives there, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You, you just used a word I don't know, treatise? Okay. Um, Poem? No, no. A treatise is like a document or, oh, okay. you know, it lays it out for you in a kind of a detailed way. That's a new word I can use. Yeah, it's a great word. Yeah, when I go to um, Taco Bell, I can look at the treatise of... Uh, tacos I can have. No? Uh, well, Pretty lousy one? No, Tretus is more of an explanation kind of thing. You know, if you, uh, okay, the, the Declaration of Independence. Okay. 
could be referred to as a treatise okay. on what the founding fathers wanted to do. All right, and I'm just having a little fun with you right now. But so would be two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, <laughs> onion on a sesame seed bun. Would that be a treatise? Uh, I guess in a very broad sense of the term, you could use it as such. You're a, you're a good guy. Uh, I will. I will tell you something. Gary's got to leave it a little early today, and so. I'm going to go back in and talk a little bit about 1 Corinthians 13, that that great uh, uh, verses, uh, treatise of verses. Huh? Huh? Pretty good, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that talks about love. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you that when I read this, I want you to think about this. Because when you stand before the Lord, When you stand in a church or outside or wherever you may roam, if you're getting married, because marriage, and I don't want to get in trouble with anybody else here, but marriage only comes from God. You can't be married unless God marries you. Now, I know you'll argue with me and blah, 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 but you're going to lose that argument. And I don't mean to be boisterous, but I just, marriage is something God invented like love God invented. If you don't have an idea who your creator is, how do you know what love is? But it's very clear. Paul writes it out very clearly what love is and what love isn't. So that's going to be near the end of our program today, and I hope you take the time to listen in. Okay, um, prophecy. So I kind of, what what I heard you saying was, well, let, let me back up. So you're saying that there probably will not be any more prophets. Well, if the word has been, if God's word has been delivered to us in complete, complete form, and there are different scripture texts that say it, it has, 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 3 verses, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3 verses 15 through 17, Jude only one chapter in that short letter, but in verse 3, he talks about the faith that has been once for all delivered unto you. Well, okay. if it's once for all delivered to us, we're not looking for something else, you know. What do you, what do, you do with people, uh, with denominations or whatever that add to the Bible? You know, we, we have uh, Jehovah Witness, we have Mormons, uh, we have... Uh, uh, I don't even want to say they're denominations, but that's just because I I was trained. But what do you do when people say, well, no, no, well, hold on. you got to take this book, and this is important. This was given to us by prophet so-and-so. Those are false teachers. Now, I, I say that in love, but I say that in firmness. They're, they're just false teachers. And it's interesting that when you sit down with individuals from those particular persuasions of belief, and I have sat down with different ones of them at different times, they want to teach you out of their other books rather than out of the Bible. Yeah, Yeah, and I don't mind saying this on a Christian radio station. Um, I found out firsthand one day because I had a neighbor who I knew, and he wanted me to come to his Bible study at his Jehovah Witness church. I'll never forget this. So we walked into this big room, and on a uh, screen, they have the Bible that we're going to study, the verses. And I had my Bible open. 
And he said, no, no, we're not going to use your Bible. We use this Bible. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, hold on. This is the NLV. This, this is the Bible. Well, Jehovah Witness has a different Bible, so we'll explain it to you. Well, gosh darn it, Gary, it was just a downright changing stuff they wanted to change so it was in their favor. Such as John chapter 1 and verse 1. Okay, tell me. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. Is the way it's translated in virtually every translation that I know of. Yeah. They translate it, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now, because <sighs> they believe Jesus is not eternal, he was created by God, there's a real problem yeah. theologically, faith-wise, scripturally, in that understanding. You know, we, we, I keep coming back to this, but I spent some time at Divine Truth today, and there was a lady in there buying tracts, mm -hmm. and this one was for Jehovah's, this one was for Mormons, this was for, this was for, this was for, and this lady was classy. She was smart, because when they, when they knocked on the door, the Jehovah Witnesses, she would invite them in, and she was very kind. Very, you could just tell she was a nice person. But they would talk to her and tell her what they were supposed to tell her. And then she would say, well, what about this? And what about that? And even though she said she gets sad every time because yes. she either has people that are upset with her or mad at her or whatever, she feels like she's doing the Lord's work because she's telling these, as you call them, false prophets what the truth is. Yeah, and I, I say that in love, but, but the truth is the truth whether anybody believes it or not. Yeah. And 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 I've I've heard that approach. I've I even had a Jehovah's Witness or two come to my door one day, yeah. you know, many years ago. Oh boy, I feel sorry for them. Well, they, you know, they they wanted to hand me a one of their booklets, some of their material, and I did exactly what the lady did. I said, "Well, here take this tract and it was a lady, I believe, who responded. She said, we're not allowed to take other people's literature. Mm. And I said, I gave her back her piece of literature. Then I said, then I won't take yours. If you're not going to take mine, I'm not going to take yours. See, that uh, Gary Hutchins uh, is our guest today. He's got Sunny Slope Church of Christ, uh, 108th and Maple, about three blocks north. Uh, Bible study at 930 and service at 1030 with communion every Sunday. Um, it seems to me that people get easily confused, and that's what Satan says is going to happen. So how do we know? Big question before you go today. How do we know who the false prophet is and when it's genuinely coming as inspired or written by God himself? Well, with the Jehovah's Witnesses, now again, going back to, remember, we read the Bible's def or test of a prophet Yeah. back in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Uh, if he utters a prophecy that does not come true, that's not from God. Okay. okay. Well, the Jehovah's Witness, they prophesied the Lord was coming again in 1917. Yeah. Didn't happen. How can, uh, how, how do you stay being a Jehovah Witness? Yeah. It, well, you try to explain it away. You know, again, who was it who wrote the the book Late Great Planet Earth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Hubble. No. Yeah. 
I think Hubbard. That, Hubbard. Okay, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> and big book, boy, hit the bestseller, I oh, believe, yeah. and all that. And so he was predicting that the Lord was going to come again in the 1980s. Yep. Well, it didn't happen. Ron L. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Yep. Didn't happen. So what did he do? He wrote another book. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Jehovah's Witnesses tried to explain away when that Jesus did not come. Well, he just wasn't seen by everybody. Oh. Okay. Uh, something along that line, you know. But right. Or maybe he came in spirit rather than in person. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, okay, you, you uttered, you were living by, you were teaching a prophecy that did not come true by the Bible's own definition that's prophecies not from God. What about um, um, what about the people that uh, heal people? They claim they can heal people, uh, and I, I think about that scene. I was going to call it ridiculous, but I'll wait for your opinion. Of Benny Han, is that right? Benny Han. Benny Han, mm-hmm. where he puts his hand on their forehead and does something and pushes them back, and they fall back into the arms of an elder or something. And then all of a sudden they're healed. Is that just malarkey? Can anybody, can I heal somebody? Whatever God wants to do, he can do. Okay. But the inconsistency of those supposed faith healers is pretty obvious if you just want to open your eyes and look at it objectively. Uh, I believe at one time... Uh, Oral Roberts, who was a big, I mean, he was one of the yeah. really big popular. My grandma healers. loved him. Yeah. And and so he was in a tent meeting at one time, is my understanding. And there was supposed to be a healing service, I believe. And certainly he, he put himself forth as being a faith healer. And um, big wind came by, blew the tent down, at least part of the tent. A lot of people were injured. They sent for ambulances. Now, why did... Yeah. They need to send for ambulances. Yeah. And also remember when he said that he was told by God to build this hospital and then come up with a cure for cancer. Why Why yeah. would God tell him to do that yeah. if he could just heal the yeah. person with the cancer himself? You know, that's one of the things that I, uh, the, the longer I follow Jesus, and it'll be 13 years this July, the simpler he gets. Yes. It really gets simpler. Truth is simple. Yeah, we want to make it so hard. Yeah. And it's just not that way. Well, Gary, thanks for coming in. Appreciate that. I'll see you again soon, perhaps on Sunday. If not, I think uh, we'll get you on the radio here in a couple weeks. It it is your turn to bring the asparagus. Okay. (laughs) I'm just telling you, you know. All right, uh, Mr. Kenny, let's uh, put our uh, uh, breaks together. And when we come back, uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what love really is, at least according to the Bible. And then I'm going to take you home with a song from um, Candace Sutton, who was on the radio last Friday with us. She is a, a Nebraska girl. She is a Christian composer and artist and son of a gun. Guess what? She doesn't want to be famous. She just wants to bless you. And we'll play one of her songs as we go home today right here on the Heartland's Christian Voice. Singing or yapping, it's the same thing. KCRO.
It is the eighth day of March in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the talk of the heartland. Candace Sutton, a local girl, a mom, uh, a wife, uh, a mother, a granddaughter, uh, right from here in town. In fact, she's a worship leader at, at Timothy's uh, Lutheran Church in Council Bluffs. Uh, she was in last Friday and recorded some songs for us from her album, and we're going to play one of them in a minute. And it's called Open Up For You, The Gates of Heaven. But before we get there, I just I just want to tell you something, if I can. 1 Corinthians 13, you know what it is. It's the love verse. But I'm going to slow it down because I want you to listen. Because this is the promise that you make to somebody when you use God's love. See, love doesn't come from any place else. Well, I don't believe in God, and I know how to love. No, you don't. Sorry. You know, you may love this and love that, but here's what love is as God explains it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. And it keeps no record of wrongdoing. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. When we stand before God and make a covenant, when you come home tonight and kiss your spouse or your kids or whatever and you say, I love you, that, that's what you should be saying right there. Don't cheapen love. Don't water it down. God makes it clear, very, very clear what it is. It's patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It's not proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't rejoice in other people's injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And finally, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every, every, every circumstance. Maybe this is a good time for me to remind myself that I've got some, I've got some people I need to work on forgiving. Seems like I'm always working on that. You know what I mean? Seems like the devil's always whispering in my ear about somebody doing that or somebody doing that or they did that or they said that. Or that blah, 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 blah. But the gift that Christ gave us on the cross is forgiveness. The Holy Spirit gives us grace and God gives us love. And all three are the most important characteristics that we have. And we can't give it away if we don't have it. So if you are jealous, if you like to boast, if, if, if you can be rude and not kind all the time, if, if, if it's not the way God loves, and none of us are perfect, I get that. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But I don't profess to be perfect. I profess to be broken. I don't profess to be something special. I profess to be one of his, and one of his is a sinner. 
No perfection at all. So tonight when you get home, maybe you're already there. When you see the one that you love, remember what love is. It doesn't boast. It's not rude. It doesn't take sides. It doesn't count how many times you've done something wrong. It's not jealous. It's God. And yes, it's capable for us to love someone that way. Especially when you profess, as I do, that the Holy Spirit abides in me. It is his hand that walks me through life. The footprints, poem, yeah. Yeah. Why aren't there two sets of footprints? Because he abides in me. He abides in you, and he promises you everlasting life if you'll remember three things. Grace, forgiveness, and love. And as the Bible says, the greatest of these is love. I love this job. I couldn't do it without you, so I thank you for listening. This is KCRO, our 100th birthday. We are the Heartland's Christian voice. We are the first radio station that Marconi ever heard from Omaha, Nebraska. And today, we stand with you, not boasting, not proud, humbled, blessed, in love with the creator of all creators, the one prophesized, prophesized. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. The one you can trust. The one that will never, never let you down. His name is Jesus. And we sure thank you for having him in your life. I I know, I hear you. It's tough. It's tough not to boast. It's tough not to be jealous. It's tough not to keep track of wrongs. It's really tough to not kind of jump up and down with an injustice happens to somebody who hurt you and wounded you. But in Jesus, there is no condemnation. Paul said it in Romans. I believe it. I know you believe it. And I thank you for believing it. I'm Mac McCoy taking you home on the Talk of the Heartland with Candace Sutton on KCRO. O Holy One of Israel, open our hearts 